Good day, everyone. This is Dario Archer, and welcome to Sedona Spotlight, where each week Martha Childress or I will introduce feature limited, unlimited healers, teachers, visionaries, and other notables in their field. And many will have a short technique or insight to share with you. And you can also listen to the show Sedona Spotlight at KKNW Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. every Tuesday at half past noon, anywhere in the world, or the archive show at www.sedonaspotlight.com. We also want to make a note for one of Sedona's anchors, Yavapai College, and you can check out their events at yc.edu. Right now they're having spring classes and they have a variety of wonderful classes. But I'd like to welcome our guest today, Robin Alexis, who has her own talk show on KKNW um, about modern mystic. And we're going to be honoring all women and how we encourage them and what we can offer. And so welcome Welcome author Robin, <laughs> who's written wonderful books, and you can give them the, the title of them and, you know, um, just share. Today is really about honoring women and uh, how do we encourage them? How do we take that energy of what's going on right now and hold balance and space in our own lives and for, um, for women throughout the world? Well, thank you for having me, Darielle. It's it's really an honor to be with you anytime. I absolutely adore uh, your energy. Uh, my name is Robin Alexis. I do have a radio show on KKNW. It's Wednesdays at noon Pacific. It is a live call-in show. It's a mystic radio for past lives, people, and pets. So uh, Dr. Nels Rasmussen and my, uh, myself honor uh, people and their pets, and it's really exciting. The book that I recently wrote, and it is available on Amazon Kindle, it's called Spirit Lady, The Gift of Robin Song. And it is a book uh, that I call a modern day romance. It's a book about me falling in love uh, with myself. Uh, the reason why I wrote it is because I was taught as a child to feel that my authentic self was evil. <laughs> and so it was rather difficult to, A, learn who I was, uh, learn my own rhythm, and fall in love with who I was authentically. And it's a process, it's something happening every day. And I do encourage for all women to take a moment and take that pause and just try to figure out, you know, who are you? And to trust, you know, when when you don't have a good self-image in that, you don't trust your instinct. You don't trust that intuition. And it's it's such a big part of of my life and and to help people. It's like trust yourself. You know, build that confidence. And I always say if you want a good relationship with yourself and others, before you can become uh, a good we, we have to become a good me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that's a, a really important conversation to have uh, with ourselves and each other is, you know, what is our own rhythm and where is it that we are and then something else begins. And, you know, you were mentioning earlier uh, the practices that you do that help you know your own energy and how to help your energy be as cleansed and like offering up the most beautiful energy as possible. So 
what is it that you do? Well, I um, I do a, a lot of Qigong. I do a lot of, you know, yoga and stretching. You know, I, I've loved sports and running my whole life. So I like that, that feeling of, you know, stretching your body and, and feeling that flexibility that we have. But I find when my body is tired, like, you know, I used to be a runner. So when I would tire myself out, I found my mind got really quiet. And I thought, oh, gee, I feel so much smarter than I was before my run. <laughs> Probably got rid of all those toxins, but it, it just moved me into, you know, a different place. And, you know, I've done Tai Chi, you know, since I was, you know, uh, like a teenager, but I like that feeling it's, you know, it's having a really overactive mind, doing those things calm me and, and, you know, I love the beauty of yoga and I have, you know, a different practice, you know, like you know, every other day, I like to do something different and, you know, real small weight trainings. And when I don't have my weights, I just go into the kitchen, get a couple cans and, you know, <laughs> and use those, so I use whatever is available, but it's just, you know, it's a practice for me. It's, it's, you know, I find it small things, you know, making your bed every day, having a ritual for me, even when I have an having an off day, I was just talking to my neighbor and she says, you know, I'm having an off day. And I, and she goes, you know, I didn't even make my bed. And I thought, oh, yeah, I know when you're having an off day is when you don't do your normal things you do. And I find having some sort of practice really helps you carry you through those off moments. And it also keeps you, you, you bounce back quicker. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to accept that all of us have off days, but how is it that we can monitor the frequencies of the entire experience? And for myself, I've realized that I need to set aside time for void time, mm -hmm. uh, where I really just need to be extremely still. And I tend to forget to schedule that in. And I just, you know, like have all these things that I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden, there's like three days in a row where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't move. This is my void time. <laughs> so I just, that's what I do. I honor that that is my experience that that's being called to happen. My great grandmother used to say, blessed be nothing and have it in peace. And I didn't know what Ooh. she was talking about until I started to realize that she was talking about just having a void and, and just giving yourself permission to have it now and then. Exactly. Well, and, and that's a key part is that, you know, like our mothers were, you know, always working and busy, but, and they never really took time. But when they did, like my mom was really good, she would take, you know, short breaks during her day. And then I mean, she would garden from, you know, the time this sun rose after she had her breakfast, she would go out and work in the garden, or she was always busy. And then two or three times a day, she would take these breaks. And, you know, like if, you know, if I was home or visiting, we would, you know, go out in the gazebo, but women don't factor in just quiet time or time to, you know, do a hobby or just enjoy their neighbor. I mean, um, you know, talking to my neighbor was, she was going, oh, I can't face going out to the garage and cleaning another thing or, or <laughs> downsizing. I says, well, it's okay to have an off day. And she yeah. goes, you know, it really is. And it's so, it was so revealing in that so many women, it isn't okay. It's like, you got to keep doing and doing. And now, you know, with, with the baby boomers and that and the aging population, we're caregivers 
not only to our spouse, to our kids, to our pets, to our friends, but now to our parents. And, you know, kids are moving home because, you know, jobs and, and you know, the whole little C that we've been experiencing confinement for the last couple of years um, and finding ways. How do we disperse all of this, you know, frustration and, and um, fear and anger? And I thought, well, I'm going to do something. I would rather say, hmm, I don't want to live in fear. I want to live in awareness, but I want to have a practice where I don't want all this stuff to impact my body or my health. And I think women internalize stuff so much more in their emotions i mean we can we 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 can be really good at the emotional stuff Mm -hmm. definitely well i like that you brought up that your mother role modeled having a rhythm she really did listen to herself and you clearly do that as well my experience was uh different my mother would push herself to exhaustion and get sick and then get hospitalized (laughs) oh wow and so you know she she had that real martyrdom vibration so i like to talk about motherhood without martyrdom and motherhood being not necessarily mothering someone else but mothering ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we have the capacity to do whatever you know it doesn't really matter what it is whether it's washing the dishes or saving the world. It doesn't matter. We still have to have the opportunity to give ourselves permission to self-care and self-care is self-love. It, it, it really is. And, and, you know, it sounds like for your mom, there weren't a lot of boundaries. She had an on or off and nobody taught her that, you know, there's, there's a gentle so- zone between, you know, doing everything and being so tired you drop versus taking a break and continuing. And I think that that a lot of women were not taught that that it's okay, or that it's acceptable, or, you know, I have so many kids, I don't have time, you know, falling asleep, you know, at the dinner table almost. And yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I, I'm sorry, I jumped in. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, it's just reminding me of my uh, grandmother that my grandmother, when she would come to visit, us, she literally would have white gloves on and she would do what she called the white glove test. Oh yeah. <laughs> but she would, yeah. So if, if there was dust or dishes anywhere, she'd come in our home and she would criticize my mother in front of her own children. And, mm-hmm. and I, so I think this, it, it can be a generational uh, miasm it of, is of women not caring for themselves and then other women badgering them. I mean, it's all about straightening your crown and helping other women straighten their crown, not, you know, comparing whether one person's house is clean. <laughs> well, but that was a measure because, you know, they really, you know, they didn't really get to go out and socialize a lot, maybe True. once a week or that. And, and, you know, we've come to a time now where we're confined and we're on top of each other and we're going out you know, and socializing, but, you know, it's, it's, when you have a connection to yourself, you can have a deeper connection to other people. Yeah. I tell my clients that you cannot experience intimacy unless you're a sovereign being and the other person is a sovereign being. It's only through that, that you can develop the art of an intimate relationship. And people seem to understand that how you get to that and fortify that energy um, I think it's really easy to, well, maybe not for you because you're more rehearsed and, and disciplined at it. But I know that sometimes I'll get on that bent where I forfeit myself and then I'm going, wait, I'm doing it again. 
and I'll sit and I'll stop and I'll regroup. It's pretty conscious that I do that. But I also do criticize myself when I need the space that I need to come back into my own balance. So I haven't, I haven't cleaned up this art perfectly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm no means perfect. I mean, you know, I mean, I've done gymnastics and ballet and swimming and all those, but there are times I fall off that truck and, you know, I'm two miles behind and it takes me a while to get the rhythm back, but I always go back because I feel better. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, that it, it gives me something um, that structure that in doing something, you know, my mind, I have a really hyperactive mind. So tiring my body is a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my friends call me the energizer bunny. So it's like for me, getting rid of all that excess energy allows me to work and, and be creative and setting those boundaries, you know, and, and, like you as, as a therapist, you know, you know, setting the boundaries and being compassionate and also being, you know, loving and firm that says, okay, so what have you done? What are you doing differently? And asking them, where do you trust yourself? Mm, I like that. Where do you trust yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the ways I feel that I can trust myself is when I start to feel off balance, I do become aware and ask myself, is this energy mine, someone Mm -hmm. else's or a combination? And then if it's not mine or it's a combination, I'm pretty efficient at letting that go. I have a, a couple of different techniques that I use to do it. One is simply to say, in God, we trust angels. Thank you for sweeping your nets through my energy field. And thank you for taking with you anything out of alignment with my higher self. And please bring it back to source love. Source love, bring me back the energy that is the highest and holiest for me that will create the most benevolent outcome for me to be in my well-being. And, and so that's a tool that maybe other people could use too. It's just mm. to become aware of when they might have picked up something that's not theirs. Well, I came across something recently that um, I would like to share actually two things is there is a, a lady um, I work with where trying to do a a deck of cards of that you know I you know like 48 cards and each card tells you a a technique to do and her name is Janie Becker and her technique is and she made me repeat it she goes I have time oh I love that one is that I like it it's easy I can remember three words (laughs) (laughs) I have time I have time And the other one that's come up is that we all hear about these stress triggers. Well, in the 90s, um, there was a gentleman, I think, what was his name? I think his name was like Posier. He was a behavioral neuroscientist. And uh, one of his uh, co-workers that also worked on the theory of um, the the vagus nerve, the largest nerve in our body, and, and it controls you know like the sympathetic and the parasympathetic and she termed the coin glimmers it's the antidote to um stress and what they are is these micro moments when you feel safe yeah i was going to bring up safe today because if you don't feel safe you don't feel like you can play and she gave a couple of techniques that i think that you'll find very fun and, and hopefully our listeners will is that humming or chanting, 
um, gargling, which I totally cracked me up. But it's this vibration in your head that calms the vagus nerve down or meditation or some sort of physical activity, you know, exercise, or I would say physical activity. But those are some of the ways that calms down that um, feeling, you know, like a lot of us will grab and hold our stomach. And, and I thought, well, singing is, is one of the easiest way or, or humming and, and chanting. But I thought glimmers, isn't that a fun way? It's like, oh, I don't have stress. I'm experiencing glimmers. I'm going to, I'm going to turn on the <laughs> glimmer. I love that. <laughs> it, it, you know, and it was just such a, a strange thing because it's those just those little micro moments. And if we could just tune into them, it really changed our chemistry, but it calms that nerve down so we don't go into fight, flight, and freeze. And it was discovered in the 90s. Um, her name was Deb, Deb Dana, I think. I can't remember what her name was. Anyway, an, an amazing woman, but she actually made that connection um, between, you know, like um, like the the stress and um, and glimmers. And she says, "We all have triggers." And then she says, "You know, glimmers are the antidote." And I'm thinking, what would it take? You know, when you were talking about standing at the sink, sometimes it's really therapeutic, just you know, kind of washing dishes or making the bed, and you have those moments of peace and those little micro moments if we could instill a couple of them or you find yourself singing and you don't know why but suddenly you feel happy and it just feels good if we could consciously engage you know if nothing else go gargle <laughs> if you can't if you can't hear or sing or you sound awful just go gargle you know what i mean it just cracked me up but i just thought it was something that that is so simple and easy to do well, it's interesting you're bringing up the vagus nerve. I'm developing a fascination with it. I feel like I've been sitting down and literally having a cup of tea with my vagus nerve. I'll sit down and have a cup of tea and I'm imagining I'm talking to it. And I tell it, hey, you know, in, in the etheric divine blueprint, you carried the wisdom of all of my soul's experiences and you forgot and you've been running the trauma of what you went through to learn those lessons. Well, let the trauma go and let's just have a cup of tea and sit with your wisdom. <laughs> oh, how see it's stuff like that. If we could really bring that into play, it would be so awesome and to have it really um just you know turned on let's see i was looking up it was his name was stephen porges and it was deb dana in the 90s a clinical consultant and specializing in complex trauma established the content concepts of triggers and glimmers and it's really that nerve that sets right above the diaphragm that goes you know front and back but it really kind of arrests so that oftentimes we grab our stomach because we're really trying to grab that nerve and say hey babe it's okay you're safe it's safe nothing's going to happen you're making me want to um, talk see if my vagus nerve will sound out something you want to okay. do it sure okay. absolutely okay okay so vagus nerve what do you want to say do you have a frequency anything that wants to happen ah, la 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 <laughs> That's all. 
<laughs> mine always comes up zippity doo dah, zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day! Plenty oh, of sunshine. You know, it's, it was oh, Jiminy Cricket. I I think I yeah. said it on another show, but it's a song that it always plays in my head. It's like oh, it's feeling down. I think, and all of a sudden, little that little cricket will pop up, and I just find myself singing that song. It's just you know, but it it was something that was so happy, and I thought that's what I want to be like when I get you know as I age and any stage of life I want to be that happy cricket I like to be a happy person but the cricket was a really good you know it's like Walt Disney on Sunday nights you know <laughs> oh well I'm so excited that we're we're speaking to and with our Vegas nerves and, and giving it permission to be happy Absolutely. And I think women need it more now because I've, I've found in my practice is that uh, women are being called on more and more and they're already tired. And to teach kids, I mean, what could be more fun than to teach your kids, you know, um, girls and boys, uh, even your husband is like, if you have those moments, just, you know, start singing or humming or chanting, um, you know, just like when they say that those moments of brilliance comes when you go, oh, I'm just going to walk away from it and go for a walk. Those are those moments where we, we have those micro moments of feeling at peace, feeling safe. And I think now feeling safe in the world and how we manage that also brings up that intuition that also expands that field of, of being safe. Mm. Well, sometimes in the middle of the night when my husband's sleeping and the cat's sleeping, I'll just get out one of my drums and I'll just very gently tap on it. Mm. So you don't need to make a ton of noise. Mm -hmm. You just need to know that it's okay to just let it start moving. You don't want it to stay stagnant. Well, and, and that's really a good point because, you know, we're creative beings and we're happiest when we're creating, whether it's writing or singing or humming or dancing, writing books, uh, cooking a meal, having friends over, you know, changing our image, looking, changing how our house looks. It's like, oh, okay, that used to be me. That's not me any longer. I want to do something different. <laughs> I want to cut my hair and change my shoes. You know, I want to, I want to paint the house. Actually, I want somebody else to paint the house. But. <laughs> You know, another tool that might be helpful for people that I do frequently is just draw a circle. I find that just drawing a circle, it helps me. It just reminds me that we're all equal because in a circle, well, no one's in front, no one's behind, no one's above, no one's below. It's just a circle. And it's like this perfect expression of safety for me. That's a great, you know, and, and that's any of those great visuals did you ever do that technique where where you where you would draw the circle and they would say where are you and it's like in in um in therapy um clients would come okay where are you and and when they were deep in their trauma they were on the outside of the circle and as they healed they moved more into the center of the circle they would cross that that line and come into the circle that's and really interesting i've forgotten about that well, and I even will do it where if I start feeling like I'm fragmenting, mm -hmm. I'll draw the circle and I'll just imagine I'm bringing all my little parts in and we're all back in the circle again. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a, we're going to have a little party when I come into the circle. Well, and that's it. I mean, hugs are like circles. And when we're looking at things that, that the circle and, and, you know, like the, the, um, 
figure eights. Doodling is a, is a great mm. release for the mind. And you can find a lot of wisdom and, and intuition and insight by when we're doodling. Sometimes we're just, we're talking to somebody and unconsciously we're doodling, we're listening, but our hand is just doing something else. And I often feel those are messages from my unconscious or, you know, um, the spirit realm. It's like, okay, you know, what does that look like? It's... So I'm getting an idea that I've never thought about before, and that is to uh, make a circle and put inside of it all of the known and unknown belief systems that inhibit me from feeling safe loving myself and and just give them permission to exist inside the circle and love on them until they begin to shift into a different belief system that I can love myself even if I have belief systems that I inherited from my family not to it's still all okay it's just part of the love oh that's a that's a a great idea well we're we have managed to go through another whole session here so quickly that we never get to to the end of whatever it is we're going to talk about (laughs) (laughs) well I hope people got some really nice tools to feel better I think that they did so how can people get a hold of you Robin The best way is robinalexis.com. That's my website. And I have three beautiful Reiki healing portals on the website. They're very powerful. People can go just click on anytime, 24-7, and you will begin to receive uh, Reiki healing. Many people keep them on uh, 24-7 in their homes just to keep the energy peaceful. And I do invite you to uh, check out my radio show here on KKNW, Wednesdays at noon Pacific. It's a live call-in show, and I look forward to you calling in so I can be of service to you. Lovely. That's just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to leave some links for, uh, I'm doing a a master class that's really about helping women touch into that feminine power, that intuition, that nurturing for themselves and other giving from a place of abundance. And I'll put some links on there for, it's a a Mother's Day um, event really happening on the 29th of April and the 1st of May to help move women in that place. Well, I'm going to say we have to say goodbye temporarily, but we will have you back again. And I think very shortly that Martha, you and I will have the um, quarterly gathering in the next couple weeks. That'll be fun. It'll be very fun. Well, and you can also keyword search Robin Alexis at SedonaSpotlight.com to find her contact information along with an archive of today's show. And you will also find hundreds of other great resources and valuable information to help you make the best choices for you, your family, and your community. So be sure to check it out and be sure to shine your own light like Sedona Spotlight Shine your own spotlight. And thank you so much for joining us, Robin. And you too, our listeners, thank you for being here. And remember, you can listen live at www.sedonaspotlight.com.